welcome to musicians having coffee and talking about stuff. Yes, I and I have my. Uh, we have one the wonderful Mr. Phil Keggy with us today. Nice. And uh, I'm not used to doing this sort of thing, you know. Being in that's great. God gave <laughs> us music. It says, yeah, I'm not used to being like an announcer. And with us today is Mr. Phil Keggy. And but I, I did bring my. I got my Nashville mug because you're a fellow Nashvilleian. Yeah, a, I, I got have an I, appropriate. I got uh, my Nashville mug. What do you think? Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, uh-huh. and I shaved this morning too. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, very, very nice of you. I appreciate that. Our audience appreciates appreciates that very much, especially the ones on audio. Uh, <laughs> they awesome. can they can hear your clean shavenness. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I got to say, it's nice to see you, Neil. And, yeah, uh, good to see you, man. I, I've I've had so. Uh, such fond uh, memories of when we worked together in the studio and when I yeah. got to play uh, in concert before you yeah. and sit in with your band, your awesome band. I, I have, uh, with this this past year, 2020, I've only done like uh, five concerts, six concerts. Well, right. yeah, four, I would imagine. Only four concerts since last March. And then um, I could tell you the dates and where those places were but I've been in the studio almost every day collaborating and working on new music and right, yeah. produ- I've been producing a couple things that I'm finding a lot of uh, satisfaction and enjoyment in. Um, cool. and so I'm, I'm doing a lot of guitar work, uh, various kinds of guitars and um, bass. Um, one of the things I've noticed though, the calluses on my tips of my left hand aren't as, you know, big as they were, they're not as firm as they were when I was playing all the time. Right. My, yeah. Yeah. So my acoustic has, you know, my, my Olsen here has, you know, the steel strings. So. I could do that. I can do that. Anyway. That's so cool, um, man. But those first two strings, boy, they, I can feel them on the tips of my fingers. Yeah. I, I have the opposite. It's like if I'm out doing a lot of acoustic guitar work, I'll feel, I'll, I'll notice that my calluses are growing. Like my, you know, I have also the same thing in, in the reverse. Do you know, yeah. Steve, do you know Steve Morse? I've met Steve, and of course, I've listened to Dixie Dregs and Steve's music uh, in the past. I haven't listened to what he's been doing re- recently, but wow, what a great guitar player he is! Yeah, he, but do you have you have a Steve Morse story? Well, no, that reminded me of Steve. Like um, when we were uh, we're in a group called uh, Flying Colors together, and oh, you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But he'll just when you're collaborating with him, he'll just sit down. He'll, he'll just kind of like cock his head and go. Well, what about something like this? <laughs> you know, with oh, all yeah. the, the, uh, the, that kind of chord structure with the bass notes uh, uh, changing, of course. And, uh, and I, all don't, the, I don't know. All, how to... <laughs> and all the notes in the middle missing. No, it's pretty much there. And he'll play, he'll just play something. You know, things are in your wheelhouse as there are in his that are just absolutely mind-blowing you know uh, to you know to me and i think I, many people i i love i love harmonic things you know and i've never been that much of a commercial kind of artist in 
player. Um, I, I play and I dabble in all kinds of styles. I'm not a jazz guitar player, but I can play jazzy. Right, right. <laughs> I can play some wrong guitar. notes. You can throw in some wrong notes and call it jazz. Right? Yeah. Isn't that? <laughs> I'm not a blues guitar player, but I can play bluesy. And um, but the thing is, I uh, I grew up with a love of harmonic and melody, you know. Yeah. And especially uh, around the time when I became a Christian, when I became a believer, then all of a sudden I noticed more beautiful things in this world. I noticed, I discovered more beautiful music. And right. that uh, that was really uh, incredible for me. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, you want to hear a little story here? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> um, my sister, who led me to faith in, in, in Jesus, um, she was an actress in Hollywood for over 20 years years or so yeah i heard that yeah yeah and, and she was in uh, many movies and tv shows what and movies stuff. was she in um francis the talking mule oh really uh, <laughs> woman tarzan and the slave girl uh wow. the long wait with anthony quinn she was in a movie with alan ladd and um and, and she was in a lot of movies with rex allen who was you know um oh and they were westerns oh and, really you know, I'll have to ask my father-in-law Wilford about that. He's hooked on uh, westerns. He's seen them all. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah, all. So I'll ask I, him about I've that. Got, I've got back there a poster of one of the movies called Colorado Sundown that she played in with Rex Allen, and wow. she was just a beautiful lady. Could sing beautifully, sing mm. like a bird. And she came out of that whole era, you know, the forties. Uh, she's my oldest sister, and there were ten of us kids. Was she that tall? Went, she was exactly that tall. Right. So, actually, for those listening to the audio, he just put his hand way up above his head. <laughs> well, she was taller than me until I grew up. And then I was not much taller than her at that point. But well, she was probably 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, I'm 5'4". I'm a short guy. But uh, my mom had 10 kids, and she was the oldest of the 10 of us. I was the ninth. And there was a lot of brothers in between. I have five brothers, four sisters. Wow. Uh, but she was beautiful, and she one of the big movies she played in was The Ten Commandments. Oh, wow. If you, if you go to YouTube, there's a documentary about the making of Ten Commandments with you know, Cecil B. DeMille, mm -hmm. Charlton Heston, Yul Brenner, and Edward G. Robinson, and John oh, yeah. Eric, and all those people. I love those guys. Edward G. Robinson, man. Wow. Oh, yeah. 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 Where's your Moses now? Right, right. Say, <laughs> yeah. Say. <laughs> oh, I this mug for a ride. <laughs> Is that a you good know, impression? That was pretty good. That was pretty good. You know what's funny? There's like I you listen I listen to sometimes like really old tapes of people talking, like old church tapes from like, oh, yeah. from the like the early you know, long time ago. And they're all talking oh. about God like that. You see, when you get the Holy Spirit, you're a new creation, see? <laughs> it's That's like, right. Wow. Yeah, and, and fella, do you like chicken? <laughs> you know, but anyway, um uh, I, I, I love I love that era, you know. Um yeah. Who was the guy that was always making the announcements? Uh, uh, you know, just just that kind of voice um, yeah. from from the '30s, '40s, and the '50s, and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, my sister, she had a couple of talking bits in the Ten Commandments. You know, when they found Moses mm -hmm. in, the, in the bulrushes, um, she was one of the maidens. You know, one of the, the the young ladies in white that were the servant girls. And oh, really? Um, yeah, and 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 the. The, the lady was walking. I think she was the one who ended up raising the baby. She says, look, I think I found something here. And it's my sister that says, 
oh, be sure it's not a crocodile. And uh, really, she said that line in the movie. That, and she was <laughs> the one who brought me to faith. Really? So, so she was uh, kind of the comic relief of the scene then. Yeah, it was the yeah. Hollywood moment, you know. <laughs> like where she has a line that says, uh, gold will never mend a broken heart. You know, so Ooh, so she had wisdom. two lines. Wisdom, and she wisdom. had a great scream, too. So po- folks, if you see the Ten Commandments, look for my sister in that scene. Um, but uh, then there's another story about my sister. And I, she passed away just a few years ago. She was nearly 87. Mm. But what a... What a sweetheart and a light in the world she was and a great encouragement to me in my music. Yeah. In my spiritual faith. And yeah, and she led you to the Lord then. Yeah, yeah. she did. Wow. She did. Uh, right after the death of our mom in a car accident in 1970, uh, Valentine's Day was when the accident occurred. I'm turning 70 in March. So that's a big milestone. 170, you turn? Yes, 170. Okay. Yeah. It's biblical. Uh, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> no, the big seven oh really. And um oh, I'm wow. grateful, grateful for every year. And so let me tell you this a last thing about my sister. She was playing in these TV shows and she played on a uh an episode of Circus Boy, which was when Mickey Dolans was a child actor. Really? You know, before he became a monkey. Oh, when I didn't he, know that. Uh then I met Mickey you know, a number of years ago, and I got to play on one of his albums, an album called Remember. I played on six of the 12 songs. I played acoustic, classical, and electric, and uh, and I got to meet him and went to his playback party uh, out in L.A., probably around 2012 or something like that. Oh, really? That's pretty recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, um, in 55 or so, my sister played an episode on his show when he was a kid. And then like almost 50 years later, I, I play on his album, Her Little Brother. I think that's quite interesting. Wow, that's a, that is incredible. I have, Did he remember her? You know, I think so, because uh, I, I, I called her and I said, would you like to record a message? Let me record a message of you saying hi to, to, to Mickey. And she said, sure. And then I sent it to Mickey. And uh, it's just, a, it's the sweetest thing here. I wonder if you could see this, if I could find it. I don't think he got enough credit as uh, the vocalist that he was. I mean, he's the he's the main singer of the Monkees, and they, they had some great hit records, you know? Well, they sure did. And, you yeah. know, uh, this album, which is called Remember, he's doing a lot of covers from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And one of my favorite songs on there, in fact, I, I, I uh, convinced him to do I'm a Believer do a remake of I'm a Believer. Oh, really? And it turned out great. And his singing was fantastic. You know, if you ever get a chance, listen to that album, Remember. And then there's a Harry Nilsson song on there, same title, title song, um, Remember. And I was given a great opportunity to do a solo on my mm. electric with Vinnie Calludi playing drums and Bob Birch on bass and David, wow. yeah, David Harris on keyboards. And it turned out great. Hey, That's I found cool. this. I'm going to see if... You, if you could see this, okay, well, watch I this can, here. I can see it. Okay, I'm going to play this. Hi, Mickey. This is Mary Ellen King, and I'm Bill Mister, and I just wanted to thank you, Mickey and David Harris. I was two on Circus Boy, and that was in 1955 or 56. Wow. And it was the first episode, which, of course, I never saw. 
but I have a feeling I'm going to. Okay, bye-bye. Did she say she never saw the episode? Yeah, she said she never did. And I don't know <laughs> if she ever did. That's but, really uh, weird. That's pretty special, though. Yeah, that's really cool. Say, I just watched some of that illumination thing of yours. And oh, I'm you like, did? And the other guy takes a solo. It's like having another person take a solo when Phil Kagey's around. It's like taking sand to the beach, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, Rex Schnelli, Rex Paul Schnelli, who was my co-writer, and he produced that Illumination album. Yeah, it's very, very good. Very good. He's a great singer, but he plays, like yourself, he plays, you know, everything. Mm. Uh, he's a fine drummer. He's a fine bass player. Yeah, no, I really liked his playing. I'm just. Oh, I, I know like, you. I was su- I was surprised somehow. Oh, you know. Well, he does. He plays in a way that I don't. Mm. Um, he was very influenced, you know, by Trevor Rabin and um, right, Eric right. Uh, Eric Johnson. Those yeah, kind I could of hear that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Lukather, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I I go further back because I'm older than he by probably 15 years, and I go back to more. You know, uh, Mike Bloomfield, uh, George Harrison, that, that kind of. Yeah, that sure. Uh, but we we got on so well. In fact, he just mastered an album I produced um, just a couple days ago. Oh, great. He's got, he's got fine ears. Uh, and we did a Randy Stonehill song just recently, just um, last spring, called uh, Lazarus Heart. Mm. I'd love to send it to you because it's, you know, it's me singing the lead and I do the lead guitar, but I played acoustic and he played all the rest, you know, the keys and the bass and the drums and all the BGVs. And it's just a stellar recording. Uh, I did my parts in my little studio here. And then he did his parts in his home studio. Um, I'm so grateful for electricity. Yeah. And for the technology we have to be able to continue to be creative. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. I mean, if the quarantine would have happened and we weren't, we didn't have home studios and file sharing. Wow, it really would have been a much bigger disaster for musicians than it has been. I just feel for all the venues and you know. Oh yeah, me too. I just well, I mean, I'm and I'm feeling, I'm definitely feeling the pinch of it a bit, Mm -hmm. you know, with Mm -hmm. the lack of any live show revenue for you know going on a year now. The last shows, last shows I did were in last January in Australia. And then we were supposed to do Cruise to the Edge with Flying Colors, and then everything that got canceled and everything got canceled, you know. So I know. It's definitely, how, many concerts, uh, how many concerts have been canceled for you? Well, that, uh, you know, God f- kept my calendar clean. I remember I was, I, I was praying like in oh, wow. November of 2019, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, about, wow, Lord, uh, everything I've been trying to put together for 2020 just keeps kind of not wanting to happen. You know, uh-huh. you ever have a time like that when it's like, okay, we want to, we were looking at this project, but this guy can't do it. So we'll have to wait on that. Or, and mm-hmm. then I, I, I even booked some, uh, I talked to an agent and I had some shows booked solo shows and it just didn't feel right. I just wound up saying no. So I, the, the cruise to the edge flying colors was the only one that actually got canceled. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. And I remember thinking, well, Lord, you don't, I don't know what I'm doing in 2020, but I guess you do. So, <laughs> so yeah. it wound up being kind of a blessing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't have a bunch of stuff that I had to cancel or, you know, all that, yeah. all that stuff. So that was good. Well, you um, know, in, in, in my situation, um, once I get on stage, I'm fine. But <laughs> it's 
the getting to and the, and the going from, you know, that's the stress of travel. And, and sure. my wife has been my road manager for the last uh, six years. Uh, we decided that we'll be a team and we'll go out together because we're both getting up there in years and we take care of each other. And, but I remember uh, before this whole 2020 thing and uh, COVID and all, I remember saying, well, I, I, I think I could embrace some retirement to an extent. Um, and then it happens in a sense. So I'm semi-retired, but I'm, I'm doing sessions for people, um, mm-hmm. doing some producing and I'm loving it. You know, I'm doing a lot of yard work. I do a lot <laughs> oh, of yard really? <laughs> oh yeah. I do, uh, my neighbor's yards in my yard and, um, to help them out, you know, some have some, you know, physical issues and, and I wow. just put bows on and, and I'm, I'm gone for hours and I love it. You know, um, I'm trying to imagine that like, Oh, there's, who's that pruning the tree or, or whatever. I would say. Oh, I love edging. I love cutting really? the grass. I did. I, 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 I did like, um, I filled 55 bags of leaves just a month ago. 55. And, uh, and you counted. I counted them all because I thought that was a lot. That is a lot. I said, <laughs> I said to my son, hey, son, you know, he's got a truck and a trailer. Uh-huh. Pull things. He likes to do stuff like that. Uh, and we filled it up twice and took it to a, a friend of his who has a lot of land. And we just got rid of all the leaves there. <clears throat> and uh, And I was listening to projects that I've worked on, you know, like the new uh, album with uh, Jeff Johnson that mm-hmm. was finished, which is coming out in a month or two called Ravenna. I listened to that album. I listened to Music Tellers, which was another uh, live in the studio project I did with four, uh, three friends, Shannon Hayden on cello, um, Tony Gerber on keys and flutes, and Kyle Jones, who I mentioned uh-huh. uh, on percussion. And, uh, and, and, and this stuff is all up on my band camp too. So I've got this uh, site called Keggy's Garage and it's, it's full of music. It's just full. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'll have to check that out. You check that out. Um, see what else? Um, I also listened to some projects I did with my friend, John Safara, drummer from Glass Harp. Right. and, And the late great Jack Gehring, who's a keyboardist. We did three albums that are kind of, you know, like a Booker T and the MGs meets uh, Jimi Hendrix. I don't know how to put it, but wow. a lot of a lot of soulful music. We did three a collection of three albums, a trilogy of albums. That's great. Yeah, it's just it's been fun. I love doing instrumental stuff, and although I I still sing and work on that, and you have uh, to, you must sing. You have such a great voice. Oh, it's okay. You know, I, I think I've, I think I've got good days. I've got days that are you know i'm still i'm still hitting some of the high notes and um it's the it's the soft tender notes that are harder to control when you get older you know yes um, i do know yeah it unless it's, it's really hard i just did this christmas album uh, and uh, it has a bunch of stuff and i always thought i could do i don't know i i still have a bit of that young mind that like i can do anything yeah. i put my mind to i could exactly. sing mellow i could sing like sinatra if i wanted to you know, I mean, I, I was when I was younger, I thought that music was all really boring. You know, <laughs> I only, really, only like like really edgy rock singers. But now, uh, you know, I'm trying to sing like in mellow tones. I'm, and I finally realized I do not have a mellow voice. You know, at some point, 
probably a lot of people realize this much sooner than I, that you realize your limitations, the things that you actually aren't good at. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, um, on this album I did for my friend John Walquist, uh, I, co I produced and co-produced, he had a couple songs that he had difficulty singing. So I said, well, let me come up with the melody and work on it. And, and if you like it, you could sing it. He said, after I did it, he said, I like, I like your voice. Could we use your voice for it? And then there was another song. So I sang leads to two songs uh, for this project. Um, Going to be coming out sometime. I don't know when, but it's, it's finished. Um, one of those songs I sang like in two passes. It was so easy. And oh, that's great. Just, you know, rocking out voice, you know. Yeah. Then the other one was more tender. And mm -hmm. I think I did like seven vocal takes until I got it right, until I got it the way I wanted it. Only and seven. Wow. I, some of the tender stuff, I'll just sing it over and over. I don't even know. Sometimes just trying to get it. Uh -huh. I, but I know exactly what you mean. The very light. I, there was a song on exactly. uh, Testimony 2 called Jada about my daughter's healing. And uh -huh. it needed to be sung very lightly. And, yeah. and it's so hard to be in tune when you're singing yeah. so quietly. You know, I, I turned the I turned up the mic pre really, really loud so I could just go, Jada, you know, just exactly. super light. And, oh, wow. Uh, I know. It was, got, it was very there, hard. There are these two voices. Like, All that you are is adored, you know. And then... And I go, well, I don't know if I could hold that up through the whole song. So I, I did it, but then I go, no. So then I, I I try to find this voice that works. All that you are is adored, you know? So it sounds somewhere between maybe a McCartney and Ringo Starr, which is kind of <laughs> an interesting combination. <laughs> yeah. Hey, back to your uh, back to your wife being the tour manager. Does she actually come, does she have to come to your shows? Actually, yeah, she sits in the audience and prays for me and, you know. Oh, that's sweet. I'll have to play this for my wife. <laughs> huh? Oh, yeah, I think she probably sweats a bit, too, for me, you know, as, as I sweat, you know, and as I extend myself. Right. My, my, my wife is someone who, if there, we were walking, this is before we got married, we were walking somewhere uh, and there was a, a crowd of people. And she she says, let's go this way. And I said, well, why? Well, I don't want to walk by those people or I don't want to walk in front of those people. So she is so she is someone who uh, detests human attention of human beings so much <laughs> that she'll walk way around just in case they would look at her, <laughs> well, which is God which is her. funny. When you think of that, she's married to me. You know, I was when I was a little kid. I was like, kind of, you know, here I am, kind of person. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, I was. Oh, in fact, there's a story about me that my parents tell. We went camping uh, in Big Basin, California, and uh, they went to the. You know, they used to have those meetings in campgrounds where people would. The ranger would come out and, you know, sort of like an amphitheater thing, and they'd make some kind of presentation. Well, it, my mom's like, where's Neil? Where's Neil? And I'm like, I don't know, uh, I think a year old or something like that. They can't find me. So I'm walking, obviously. 
They can't find me. Suddenly the audience is, is, is randomly applauding and cheering. Well, they look, and I am going from side to side. I've, I've crept up to the stage and I'm going to one side and lifting up the curtain and looking out. And then I'm going to the other side. People were applauding you. Right. And I go to the other side and look out. And so I was, I was, I left the family to go get the attention of the crowd. (laughs) So you were a, a you were a, a nice inexpensive form of entertainment. I was apparently, apparently. You were a small success. Yeah, very small. But it's just funny because my wife doesn't like if if she comes to a show, she doesn't want to have any attention drawn to her. Yeah. And so she'll always be like kind of in the shadows of you know a lot of the songs that I'm singing, especially at my solo gigs, are about her. So I'll be sharing about our relationship or something and i'll be like yeah and my wife's here tonight where is she oh, i can never see her she's you know and if she if she does she's like this because she does. she and i think i scare her too that i'm gonna say something that's of course going to i don't know be well, offensive no, in some way it's, it's self-deprecation in a sense isn't it it's uh, <laughs> uh i don't want the spotlight on me you know our daughter olivia when she we we're having her fourth birthday party and we all start singing happy birthday to her and she's looking at everybody singing happy birthday and then she starts crying <laughs> she, right. she she couldn't handle the attention right yeah some people you know they're just like they really hate that and other and people of course are craving it you know yeah and olivia is you know she's um she's in her mid-30s and she's a mother and she's got a second one on the way which oh wow but she's got a beautiful and a very pretty voice, but she only sings in front of me. She can't sing in front of an audience. I've right. got her on my on some of my albums, like on the Welcome In album. She sings a song called Village Bells with me. And on that day, no, not on that day. Um, uh, yeah, and on that day, it's, it's a Christmas song. Um, she sings with uh, my son on uh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. But she, and, and then I did an album called Cover of Love, which is half originals and half songs like Beach Boys and Elvis and uh, McCartney and uh, and she sings a song that we wrote together called Where Are You Love and it's a lovely voice but she only sings in front of me mm. you know when when you're talking about your wife it reminded me of when I first met Bernadette uh, I was 19 and she was 15 and then when she was 16 and I was playing in this club in Ohio called JB's in Kent Ohio we would go to the gig together and I'd be, you know, playing with my band, our three piece band. And, uh, and so I, I, I got my guitar, I'm walking down the stairs and she would deliberately walk about six feet behind me with the crowd. She didn't want them to think that she was with me. Right. She didn't want, yeah. she didn't want to be thought of as a, as a groupie or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So, so when we got married in 73, um, and it's been a, a, a blessing. She's a great, great blessing in my life on a daily basis. And uh, in 73, we got married and she, you know, it's not a, 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 she wouldn't consider herself a singer, but she sang with me on a, a song or two in, in concerts when I played at church or a coffee house or something. Then one day um, I, I was asking her to come up. She was in the audience. I was good going to invite her to come up and sing this song called lovely Jesus that I'd written. Mm. And, um, and so I said, so honey, you want to come up, Vern, where are you? Uh, and, and all the people are looking around and there she was turning around looking for her 
So, so she looked like one of the people. So she, <laughs> and I got the message. Oh, don't call on me to come on stage anymore. So was, <laughs> yeah, my wife would absolutely die. That would be uh, She would absolutely die. In fact, there's a bunch of funny stories uh, that my kids love to tell about me uh, calling her out from the stage for one reason or another. There was this one time when uh, there was this cancer benefit in my hometown. and. Okay. And I was, it was right around the time that Testimony came out. Okay. And mm -hmm. uh, I got a little combo group together, and we were going to go play at this all-night, Relay for Life, I think it was called. Uh, mm -hmm. It was all-night cancer thing. And okay. the church band also was going to play. The church I was going to at that time, they had this big horn band. They'd been practicing for six months for this oh. gig. This was like a big thing. Well, I get up there, and... Uh, at first, it was supposed to be like an all-night thing. Well, it got rained out, and it got changed, so it was ending it, too. So now there was a time limit. And they told me, you know, I had from this time to this time. Well, I got up there, and I had trouble with my guitar sound, like getting it right. And then, you know, I started singing and testifying, and I lost track of time. Whoa. I left five minutes for my friend's in the horn band to play. Oh, they boy. had practiced. Oh, and I was, I was destroyed. I was like, Oh, Oh my, Oh, that's so terrible. I feel so bad. I'm so sorry. You guys later on, my wife said, yeah, I knew it was happening. It was like watching in a really slow train wreck. I was watching it. And I knew I said, why didn't you like throw a rock at me? Send a note, do something. She said, Oh, well then you'd probably just say, Oh, and my wife says I'm going on too long. And then everybody would say, <laughs> and say, I, pr I said, I promise, honey, I won't say a word. Just let me know if I'm going on too long. Okay. So sometime later, we're, I'm playing at a youth, a Christian youth festival in Belgium. Now, how rare is that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a rare thing. Um, so would and, that have been 2005? What's that? What year was that? This, I think... Um, the the testimony that 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 thing would have been maybe 2004 something like that and then the belgium thing would be some years later maybe 2009 i'm okay, guessing right. something like okay. that and uh it was just a classic it was another one of those time limit things where they they told me okay you have 1 hour uh -huh. and so i start and i've got a bass player and drummer you know and i'm and i start you know breaking down the songs and talking about the lord and just really getting into it and First. uh and I, I swear we'd only done like four songs and, and she, my wife very gently just kind of does this points to her watch <laughs> and I'm in the, in the middle of the song. we like, no way. My wife's saying that, that we're almost out of time. That can't be, this is like the fourth song. How can it be? What's, what's happening? Yeah, but, but Neil, your songs are like eight minutes long. <laughs> well, more like 80, right? <laughs> No, but I was doing regular songs, right? We were doing like regular, like, you know, Christian songs mostly, I think. And uh, yeah, well, it's just sometimes when I start talking, I just lose track of time. And anyway, what was so great was my, while, while this is happening, my son and daughter are standing behind my wife. And they, you should have seen their faces. They knew that it was the so, they were just thought it was the funniest thing ever. 
they had the biggest smiles on their faces because <laughs> they they knew oh basically it's dad's doing it again kind of a thing anyway you remember this one we did tell me what is my life Without you, by my side. Right? Yeah. I love those George Harrison songs. Great. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Well, I have a, I have a list of things that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. I don't, I don't know if we have time for, for all the things, but uh, let's see. Looping. Okay. Um, I started looping. I, you know, I tried to loop like you did. I got you inspired me uh, years and years ago, and um, so I got the uh, the uh, the same gear that you had. I got you got to be a loopy. Uh, I got it. Yeah, I was definitely. Got to be a to begin with. You see. Yeah, I got the what was the old Jam Man thing? What was it? Yeah, the Jam Man, the Lexicon. The Lexicon, yeah. And, that that uh, was a good old unit. I still use it. Yeah, that's cool. It's Not been much. A long time. I don't, I, I haven't used it since November, but anyway. Right, right. But I, it was such a disaster for me. I, I, uh, I only did one successful show with that, and I took it all over to Europe, uh, and I just, it just kept not working, or I, kept, you know, I'd hit it in the wrong spot, and you know, it's only funny once or twice, maybe. <laughs> but if you like keep blowing it, then it's. I finally just. I put it away for a long time and you don't like hey, listen, distraction. You, you don't need a looping machine. You've got you've got a band that's awesome. And that's 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 better. Oh yeah, yeah. well that's better. But the, you know, you can't always uh have them with you, you know. It, it is a great that's thing to true. be to be mobile by yourself and just go somewhere with your wife and like we went to Australia and I did those shows uh -huh. and, and that was great, you know, and then we took a cruise to New Zealand. I mean it was unbelievable. Well, they but, say practice makes perfect, you know. Well, Unless, I have been. I, that was that was back in the 2005 area, and then uh -huh. I uh, I did this album, Life and Times, and uh, I got into it again. And so I I I did a whole run of shows where I was actually using the loop station and looping looping my voice and percussion and all oh, the good. all the stuff. Good. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, you know, uh, for those who are interested in looping. The kind of pedals that you need are not the kind that you have to hold down for two seconds to clear it. I use a, a thing called a MIDI wizard with my Jam Man, and, and everything is immediate. It's like immediate clear, immediate punch in, immediate overdub, uh, immediate mute, you know. Um, right. So you don't have to, you know, because when you're live, it's everything is immediate, <laughs> you yes. know. If, even if you start a loop and you, you, you blew it, I've been able to clear it and immediately start another phrase oh. uh, or progression of chords, whatever. And uh, uh, so. It's quite uh, a thing. You have to train your feet as well as your hands and your mouth. So you're singing exactly. and you're playing and yeah. but your feet have to really be trained to hit the right button. That's right. Uh, That's right. It's it's really I, quite I, a thing. I think I was peaking at my my abilities to do all that uh, a few years back. Uh, I was, I, I was really, uh, I really hit my stride, so to speak with all that technology. Uh, now it's, now I'm most impressed by guitarists who don't use any of those effects, you know, mm -hmm. or, or maybe reverb or something, but 
uh, I'm most impressed with guitar players with 10 fingers who could just <laughs> play without looping, you know? <laughs> For those but, of you who are not aware, Phil has nine fingers. I'm missing yeah, a finger. Yeah. You lost so, one in a farm accident when you were very young. When I was a kid, yeah. I was yeah. about four or five years old and um, water pump, you know, the kind you crank like yeah. that. And I went to scoop up the water and I knelt, knelt down on the, uh, the base and the base had rotted wood as its structure, part of its structure. And it just caved through. Wow. The little weight of my little body at the time just was enough to, that rotted wood just went through. And the whole uh, pump went down into the, and, and the faucet caught my hand. You know, I remember it like yesterday. I remember my dad hearing me scream, running out of the house down toward the barn where the pump was. And I've never seen him run so fast before or since. And, uh, and he came and he rescued me. I remember wow. the shirt he wore. Uh, I remember the drive to the hospital, my sister driving us. Man. And I remember you, the ether being put over my face. You, you could know. give, you could, you may be able to give Mike a run for his memory money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I came through it. I was embarrassed as a kid missing a finger. Um, I always raised my left hand, you know. Mm. Um, I was, yeah, I was, I was embarrassed. But, you know, I got to say, it's a, it was a small thing. It's only, thank God, you know, God gives us 10 fingers to begin with. And so missing one wasn't the greatest crisis in my life at all. But, um, but it was, as a kid, it was a little hard. Um, I but when imagine. I became a believer, the Lord just said, you can relax, you know, just be yourself, be who you are. Isn't that and, great? That's great. And, and it helped me. And I was able to, when the tension was on me to play, I just accepted it and did the best I could. I, um, I, I, just, had I, I do have to say, I just wanted to say that not only are you one of the greatest guitarists that I've ever known and had the pleasure of working with. I mean, thank you so much for your contributions, on, especially, oh. especially on the, the one album. It was just, just one of my thank favorite you. records that I've ever made. And, and your contribution is, is uh, just a beautiful thing. But you are the master of the looping thing. I mean, you were you were a, a really a pioneer of the whole looping thing, wouldn't you say? I started, yeah, I started messing around with tape recorders when I was a kid. Sixth oh grade. yeah, sound on sound, that kind of thing. Yeah, and then I got sound on sound. Yeah. So I I always learned to play, you know, with my pre-recorded parts, and um, I've got demos still to this day. In fact, on my band camp site, it's embarrassing to hear, but it's so. Um, I'm so immature and green as a guitar player and as a singer. I just laugh now. I used to be embarrassed, but now <laughs> I, I listen to how I played, and I just, it just makes me laugh, you know. Because I can you're like me, it. right? It's so embarrassing. I had to put it out there for the whole world to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. got a bunch of stuff on my. I have my waterfall streaming app. I have this, this oh, my my own streaming app, and it has it has some things that are like really funny, like things that most people would be really embarrassed to uh get out there it has like pop demos where i'm singing like the girls part and i can't think of it oh right yeah now, but yeah dreams of love you know like really embarrassing oh yeah oh i've done that i've been there i've been yeah. there i went through a bg period where i tried to sing like the Bee Gees, and that, really? that's the most embarrassing period of my adolescence <laughs> when i was about 15. can you give me an example we, we talked about the Bee Gees in the, the last podcast because of the 
the recent documentary. But uh, what would you sound like as a BG, Phil? Ah. Uh, <laughs> ah. I don't know. I remember I had this song, you know, uh, that I wrote as a te- uh, mid-teenager. Ah. See ya. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I used to do that, but I actually I, I sounded a little bit more mature as a singer in the eighth grade than I did when I was in the tenth grade because I was trying to find myself vocally. Mm-hmm. Um, you even did the I, slow vibrato thing, the ha 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 thing. No, I actually didn't do it, but I'm the same. You know that kind of thing. Oh like, yeah. Well, the one guy had the fast. Missing with the cigar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy had the fast vibrato, right? The uh, Massachusetts guy really kind of had a fast vibrato. Yeah, and that then, was Robin. Right. Uh, that was Robin. Right. That one. I can think of younger days. Right. That 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 was. That's it. Is that him? Yeah. Uh, In, lonely uh, days, lonely nights. Yeah, I love that one. That's a great one. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. great songs. Oh, they were great yeah. writers. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I went now that we've totally destroyed them. Now we can say that what how great they are. Oh, they actually were. <laughs> you know uh, how deep is your love? I mean, there were some great. Oh songs. yeah, great songwriting. Absolutely. Yeah. And Massachusetts and all that. Yeah, I love the I love those guys and um, very talented family. Um, Certainly. Uh, of course, you know, you and I were huge Beatle fans. You know, uh, yeah. I still I think their albums are still timeless. I do and, too. I I, I was inspired recently i was uh, they were doing that countdown uh on the beatles channel on sirius xm and um they were doing that just in over thanksgiving and i was in colorado and i was driving my daughter's car around and listening to the beatles like the whole time and um yeah it was really interesting too all the stuff that uh oh what, what's the producer's name that uh, peter asher that uh, uh-huh. yeah he was telling all these facts about it and i'm like Wow, really? They recorded Drive My Car in 1965? I mean, I yeah. didn't know. that He was telling a lot of things that I didn't know, and it was amazing. But I was really amazed at the perfect storm of the recordings, like, you know, how great they sound. You know, Revolution yeah. sounds yeah. so great. The bass is just pumping in the drums. Mm-hmm. Everything, every, don't you love those mixes where everything's in your face? Yeah. And the Beatles were, uh, they attended the mixes that were the mono mixes. And then right. they took off, went to have tea or took off and went home. When Scones and buddies or stereo whatever. Mixes. They weren't interested in the stereo mixes. Because really in the 60s, still people were mostly listening to mono. And um, uh, and I prefer the mono albums to yeah. the stereo albums. A lot of people do, yeah. Uh, Jeff Emmerich says, so to this day, I still say the mono mixes were better. Right. But yeah. But, you know, it's interesting when someone asks me, do you have a favorite Beatle album? (laughs) I got to say the Beatles second album, which was not their intended release, is really one of the albums I love the most. That is so weird that you would say that. I bought bought that on. I I paid a bunch of money to get one of like the old original Beatles second albums. And I've always felt like I was kind of weird. Like, well, it was just my childhood or, you know, that is good. That isn't how the Beatles recorded the album. You know, that wasn't their intent. Capital, as as, you know, most everyone knows, Uh you know, kind of reshaped the albums, took songs off and put them elsewhere. And 
but I still think Beatles' second album, man, there's some just really magic, it's, special thing it, about that one. And it was compiled by a guy who didn't even like the Beatles. Really? Dave Dexter Jr. at Capitol. You know, he, you know, I, I have a good friend, Ken Mansfield, who's written a lot of books. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard of him. About the Beatles. He, he's a dear friend. Um, and he also wrote a book about, it's called The Roof, you know, the Beatles' last performance. Oh, he wow. was there. He was the guy in the white coat. But he is a great brother in the Lord. And uh, he has so many stories, so many great stories that you don't read about. You know, he's told me about the four and uh, the fab, um, the fabs. <laughs> but uh, um, let's see. Yeah, this Dave Dexter Jr., he didn't even want to sign the Beatles to Capitol. But then EMI said, you know, you're going to put this single out. And it's called I Want to Hold Your Hand. And that's when everything happened. But they were on VJ and Tolly. And I know, that's so Swan, crazy. Swan. They were on these other small labels in America. Yeah, the Americans uh, didn't really want them. That's incredible. It's interesting, though, but after John F. Kennedy's assassination, our our country was in mourning, and they seemed to come, ar come around and put a smile on everyone's face. Right, yeah, because uh, Kennedy was assassinated in, what, October or November of 63, of and then there on ed sullivan at the beginning of february i think of 64 is that right yeah they were on ed sullivan show february 9th 1964 wow uh, they uh kennedy um phil keggy the memory man yeah well jfk was uh, assassinated on november 22nd 1963 oh. same day c.s lewis passed away by the really way. i didn't know that mm -hmm. wow and, and and that was the day that uh the album with the beatles i believe was released in, in UK, which we get our with Meet the Beatles from, but uh, yes, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I know a bit of that era quite a lot because I was so impressionable as a young kid, and I was already a guitar player. I started playing guitar in '61, and then the Beatles came out late '63, early '64 here, and, rocking, uh, rocking your world, no doubt. Oh yeah, I mean, I just loved it. I loved uh, the first time I heard the Beatles was. Uh, at my grandmother's house and, and listening to her radio with this little Tiffany lamb uh, and I want to hold your hand comes on and I was in sixth grade and uh, it just, uh, the tones, the, yeah. the sound of the voices and then the sound of the guitars, it was nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah. And what they were basically doing was being themselves while having been influenced by so many American artists, you yeah. know, Barry Everly Brothers, Elvis Presley, um, Little Richard, you know, and the list goes on. But, um, and, and Paul's influence was a lot because of his father's um, musical life experience. He was a musician and um, probably listened to a lot of Broadway shows and vaudeville and all that stuff, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. That's why he was that kind of songwriter, you know, and he could write Martha, my dear, and your mother should know and those kind of songs. Uh, when I'm 64, he wrote as a teenager. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a neat thing that people it makes me feel better because sometimes I honestly feel like a bit of a plagiarist. Um, oh, aren't we all? Uh, I remember when I first uh, submitted when I first wrote. Uh, thoughts uh, for Spock's beard. It has this gentle giant uh, vocal thing. It's so it's so gentle giant that I thought, oh, 
well, I really like this, but it'll never fly. It's, it's, you know, some things are, some things are influenced by other things are just like, wow, that's too close. Right. And, uh, uh, I love that kind of thing because my father was a choral director and I grew up singing madrigals and hearing Uh all, hearing all the moving parts. Uh, I, I never dreamed what an influence it would have on my life, you know, interesting uh, yeah so then when i heard gentle giant doing it in rock music that was like mind-blowing so i wrote this piece called thoughts for spock's beard really quirky gentle giant-esque kind of song is what i thought and i'd like uh, to hear that i don't think i've heard that oh yeah that's on those are the second album that i did with spock's beard called beware of darkness but um i thought it was too close so i but i i submitted it to the band anyway and nobody said anything and, oh. and and I always, I don't know about you, but I always think the worst when nobody, if you, if you send some music out to people or whatever, and you don't hear anything back, it's almost always I just think, oh, they hated it. Okay, um, that's my first assumption. And then uh, yeah. my, bro- I'll never forget my brother Alan saying, uh, sort of at the end of the conversation about what we were what we were going to record next. Okay, he said, well, yeah, well, actually, that thoughts. I said, yeah, thoughts thing is too. Too derivative, don't you think? He said, "Actually, that's my favorite one. I think we have to do that one." And uh, and then it became such a fan favorite that then there was Thoughts Part Two, and then I've done a bunch of those kinds of things on a bunch of different albums. But I think it what I meant to say, all that to say, that it's cool how people will be influenced by things and then they put it through their filter, and Uh it comes out. You know, so there's the Beatles channeling you know elvis and everly brothers and yeah. ray, ray charles um or you know i was reading in this uh this book that i have about their songs about how he was influenced by uh john sebastian's what a day for a daydream when he wrote uh-huh. when he wrote good day sunshine and i wouldn't yeah, connect i wouldn't right. connect those two at all but there, there I, it is I read that. that's an interesting story isn't it yeah yeah and it, so I, I'm looking at Spock's beard up here, hiding out treasure abandoned to breathe another day. Something's very strange. Submerged. Those are all, I think those are all things after I left. Thanks a lot, oh. Phil. Thanks a lot, man. Oh, I'm, really? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I can't find <laughs> thoughts up, up here? Uh, Probably it's not. A, what are you on? Spotify? Yeah, it's probably not on that. You know, we don't need to talk about that, but. Okay. We but can talk. We can about talk that. about oh. it. We talked it about it last week. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Who'd you talk about it with? I talked about Spotify a bit with Mike Portnoy. Oh, did yeah. you? Well, you yeah. know, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk to musicians, if we're musicians hanging out having coffee, but you know the the new business model is quite the quite the thing. You know, a lot of people want to talk about it. Some people don't. I'm just grateful I could uh, collect Social Security at my age. So <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, folks. There you have it. You're not 65 yet, are you? You're still in your 50s or 40s? Uh, no, I, I turned 60. I'm 60. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a blessing. So is Medicare. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Uh, so so well, therefore, that's... I can accept Spotify a little easier, I guess. Well, that's that's good. You know, that's the right way to to look at it all. Um, I like to look at those things, the the streaming services, as um, if if we can, we want to use them. I think as advertising, but yeah. not, try not to give away the whole 
farm kind of thing and to try to draw people to yeah. to some you know something that uh you know brings in some revenue uh for the artist because I think that's I think it's unsustainable actually to have such little money or all the money going to one place or two places. I don't know what's I don't know what we're going to do as a people, but I don't, I don't think that that is really a sustainable model. You know what I mean? Because we love we love to have artists and artists have to live. I mean maybe they, maybe they don't have to have mansions, maybe they don't right. uh, you know all of that, but um we have to be able to have the freedom. I mean, um, something happened recently and I realized, man, if it wasn't for the fan subscription things that I have started, like the inner circle and the waterfall and these different things, I mm -hmm. would not, I wouldn't have the freedom. I wouldn't have the freedom to do this. I'd have to have a regular job. You know, right. I mean, if you're going to write something like my last solo album, uh, Solo Gratia that I did through, you know, over the course of three months, uh -huh. you know, I mean, you have to have the time, you know how it is. And, and also, uh, we were, Mike and I were talking about, he was disagreeing with me about it. Um, but it takes revenue to produce a great sounding record. Um, it took revenue. I don't have revenue to make records except, uh, four years ago, I did an album called all at once and we did a Kickstarter thing. Right. And How'd that go? It, well, we raised the money thanks to faithful friends and fans yeah. who helped us, and uh, and my niece in particular who donated a, 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 an amount that really helped too. Um, so, but like for instance, the Illumination album I did with uh, Rex Paul. Yeah, it was just what it cost us was the the electricity we paid for our our, our you know our our use of our equipment and um, he mixed and, it or oh know. yeah and he mixed it too wow. yeah he's brilliant mixer um wow, that's and great. also jeff johnson is brilliant um we've made our we've made four albums and he mixes it wow we, he lives in washington state i live in tennessee we send files back and forth we we start an idea and we co-write in the process wow. we've made four beautiful instrumental albums the newest one I mentioned is called Ravenna. And uh, in fact, each tune is called Mosaic 1 through 8. And Mosaic 4 is about to be released. Uh, he's releasing them as singles first so people can have little bites instead of the whole pie, you know. Right, right. Yeah, that's great. That's really cool. That's yeah, really cool. He, he mixes it. And um, uh, back in the day, you had to have a record company, uh, a production budget, a studio, an yeah. engineer, um, a second engineer, um, mm -hmm. caterer. <laughs> yeah. And all that. And the thing that we miss is uh, marketing. You know, we don't have the marketing. We don't have the distribution. I don't have distribution. Yeah. Except yeah. for what's streaming. Um, and mm -hmm. then when I played in concert, I could, I could make available my album CDs, uh, at concerts. And that was a big help, you know? Yeah. Well, well, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to sound like I'm bitter at all because I'm really, just really, really thankful to be yeah. able to do what I'm doing and to be able to have the uh, resources to just create completely freely. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and you, you know. engineer yourself, don't you? you I engineer. do mostly. Yeah. Yeah. 
as I do, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm really pleased with the sounds I get. I I get the sounds I'm really looking. So for. am I, Phil. Yeah, I'm very and, pleased with the sounds that, you that get. That takes time to learn how to do that. It does. Yeah. You know. I well, I have. I what I do is I have uh, professionals come set things up and get them good sounding, and then yeah, I, I I have remote things so I can I can punch myself in and out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm not very good. I'm not honestly. It's a a a, a weak a weakness of mine. Because I don't want to, I don't want to take the time that it takes to like get a good sound on something. You know, sometimes that takes experimenting and like, well, let's put the amp over here and you know all <laughs> the stuff, all the stuff that they did on those Beatles records. Yeah, it's like the perfect storm of the killer sounds and the killer vocal and the great song and the the whole thing. You know, and so there's there's something to be said for all of that. Now there's much more, uh, much more isolation in our work. I think you know. There is, and there's more options than there were back then in those days. Right. You know, True. Like the basic automobile, you know, that anyone could work on who's adept at working on cars. Mm -hmm. Now you have to take it to somebody who knows how to get in there and work on the computer and, and all that stuff. There's too many options, too many things, too many bells and whistles. Yeah, now it's rocket oh. science, man. It's rocket yeah. science. Yeah. Well, you know, when I do my when I do my electric guitar parts now, you know, I basically either go in direct for really clean stuff, and I have two amps. I have an old Vox AC30 and a Supra. I'm using an AC32. Yeah, yeah. I, I got one a couple of years ago, and it's my go-to now. Yeah, yeah. I got this one back in 87 when I did the Sunday's Child album, and, and it's a great sounding amp for that sort of thing. And if I want to get that Fender sound, um, I use the Supro, uh, and... Um, so with that and a few pedals, analog pedals, then mm -hmm. I've got some rack stuff. I've got a delay, uh, reverbs. I got a nice mic pre and so a La Chapelle. Ever heard of a La Chapelle mic mm. pre? No. Uh -uh. I'm really happy with that. It's my go-to mic pre for most things and DBX stuff. And, um, um, and, and and I don't have super expensive microphones. I've got an Audio Technica, an Audix, um, um, a Lewitt, and that's that is cheap. Much. That yeah. is cheap stuff. I won't tell Jerry. Yeah, yeah but yeah, but that <laughs> that Audio Technica forty thirty three is such a great mic for acoustic guitars. I just love the oh, way. Oh, great. It yeah, sometimes sound. you you know if it if you get the great sound, you got it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you just a couple things. Uh, we're getting on in time, but I, I wanted to ask you about your kids. Like, Thank how's you. everybody doing? Oh, they're doing good. They're all healthy. And, um, we have two of our kids married at this point and we became grandparents, uh, almost a year and a half ago for the first time. Oh, great. That's awesome. And, and our little grandson's name's Towns and he's just oh. incredible. He's uh he's gonna be a musician, no doubt. You know he's hangs ah. on the piano, he plucks on the ukulele. My condolences. Uh, oh yeah, and he 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 plays on the uh, on the bolaron and 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 drums and. Oh, that's great. And, I, I'm teasing, but you know I wish my son Will would have gone into music. He's in business, and uh, he, I remember him singing with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yes, he's he has a lot fun. of talent and ability and a good mind for music. He knows a lot. He knows a lot about music. He went to the Vanderbilt, uh, the Blair School of Music there at Vanderbilt, 
he that wasn't his major, but uh-huh. um, he was in the choral you know, department there, and well, not in the department. He took the so classes. he's gone into business, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I I wish he would have, but I uh, gone into music because you know I love it so much, and and um, I could see him being a music teacher, like a professor sort of guy. Sure, but sure. Uh, he How didn't. old is he now? How old is he? He's twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, and, my son's thirty three, uh, and he's full time music. Wow. Yeah. Lights and. And he's had music uh, placed in TV and movie trailers and things like that. Yeah, but, is, is Hot Shell Ray still happening or no? Well, he 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 left that band about six years ago. Okay. I think they're still together now, but uh, he's on his own. Mm-hmm. He writes a lot, co-writes with all kinds of people. If you're not he's aware of the this band that uh, Ian Keggy was in, it's called Hot Shell Ray, and they had quite a few pretty big hits. Yeah, uh, they had a yeah. few good hits. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, a talented group. Um, yeah, um, my son is just whatever. Like, that's what I remember. Oh, that's one of them. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, dancing on the Hollywood sign or uh, tonight, yeah, tonight, dancing tonight, tonight, party on the rooftop, the top of the world tonight, tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, Here, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you. You sound a little, little better than I did. Hey, hey, check out this little thing with my my grandson. Watch him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't love to just hit things? <laughs> a drummer. Someone who makes, <laughs> he a, might be a, drummer, someone he who might makes be. a living by hitting things. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's a trip. He's wonderful. Yeah, so the kids are doing well. Um, uh, and um, we're just thankful to God to keep for keeping us. And we're really in touch with a lot of friends who have suffered this year. Uh, with COVID, gotten right. sick. And yeah, me we've, too. We've said, we've said goodbye to a lot of friends who've passed on. Yeah. You know, as we get older, we see more of that. We've um, been to four funerals in the last two months. You have? Sherry and I, oh. yeah. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. Well, God bless them. And um, our hope is in Jesus, and um, God gives us joy. And um, Yes. Yeah, just our peace is in him. You know, it's not in the world. It's... It's a piece that's, uh, as it says, not of this world, as he says. Yeah. Um, and he also says, be not afraid, trust in me. And that's very important. So, so my peace, my peace I give to you, he says, my Absolutely. peace. You yeah, know, my and, peace. Yeah, in this world you will have tribulation, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So we always need to remember that it's in him that we have all those things because people will say, well, you know, what about this loving God and this joy and all this stuff? How yeah. are we supposed to have that in this, in 2020? Uh-huh. Right. And uh-huh. it's like, well, it isn't about your circumstances, is it? Mm-mm. Because right. there was Paul writing these things from prison in the worst circumstances okay. imaginable. And yeah. so it's an inner, it's a spiritual it's the yeah. un, it's the unseen spiritual world. Oh, yeah. um, I have a friend. Um, well, thank God I got quite a few friends. Um, <laughs> I was. Whatever. You have a friend, Phil? Are you sure? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, our, our pastor Jim Jim Thomas. He, he's a good Bible teacher. He really oh, is a great Bible wonderful. teacher. And in, I love even though we're not attending right now, but watching online. Um, right. 
the worship there at uh, Village Chapel really blesses me. I've been there. Yeah, and my son is a part of the Belonging Company, and so that's that's a good thing too. Um, uh, But Scotty Smith is also a pastor, uh, you know, south of uh, Nashville, Mm -hmm. and he, he always sends these encouraging things on a daily basis to me and Rex. And uh, where he says today, the new year resolution I'm most pumped about is Jesus' unwavering resolve to, one, redeem every nation and and shepherd us. He prays for us. He shepherds us. And he'll be ruler of kings of the earth and everything else. And four, to continue making all things new and to come back soon. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you know, he sends these vignettes every day um, that are encouraging and helps us keep our eyes on what's important. Right. That's great. I appreciate you so much, Phil. I appreciate your heart in Thank so many you, ways man. and your dedication to the Lord and and all the good work that you have done and are doing and will do. I appreciate it. And same to you, my friend. Uh, it's been great to visit with you. Yeah. I hope you, I hope you have many guests on your little coffee and uh comedians and bible stories whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah what, whatever this is we we hope it uh, continues and is a is a Absolutely. good 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 blessing for people yeah yeah good. and uh, i look forward to hearing more music from you keep me in touch with what you're doing okay okay i will i'll send you some links brother i'll send you some links too all right all right all that's right. the way that's the way all well, right God. Are, are we saying goodbye at this point i believe we are Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. God bless you. And love to your family and Happy New Year to you and all our friends out there. Happy New Year to you all. Yeah. Amen. All right. See you later, man. Bye.